Let's turn to 1 Chronicles 16, verse 36. Just one verse. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 34, rather. And here it is. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. In the next three weeks, we're going to look at giving thanks. I know that the Christmas decorations went out like in July at the mall and that Thanksgiving is buried under the rubble of commerce. I'm not sure where we can even find it, but we're going to find it. And uh, let me tell you, there is so much joy in the notion and in the action of giving thanks. And it is so positive and so beautiful. And the reason simply is, is that giving thanks is a response to a gift. That's what it is. It is an answer to a blessing. And it is a blessing, giving thanks is, not only to the person that you answer, it's a blessing to your own soul in recognizing the joy of the blessing and acting on it. So where I want to start is with the Old Testament in our text. And there's something very important uh, and kind of stands out in the entire Bible about these words, Oh, give thanks Unto the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. And the reason why is that this is the most oft-repeated phrase of exhortation in the Old Testament for God's people to give thanks. Here in 1 Chronicles 16, David is responding to a blessing. Uh, The Ark of the Covenant that that box that contained the law and the, a sample of the manna and Aaron's rod budding, not only replete with history, but where the glory of God and the name of God dwelt when the ark was in the Holy of Holies. Very important thing that God had given as a symbol of His being with the people, as a symbol of His love and His glory. That ark actually had ended up in the hands of the Philistines. That's not good. And there's a backstory there about some disobedience among the people of Israel. Now the ark is back. And it's going to Jerusalem. And it's going to be housed there again. And this is the great blessing. This is where David famously danced before the ark scantily clad. He was very happy and uh, as he danced and sang. But here in 1 Chronicles 16... There's an exuberant response to a blessing. And so what David does to to kind of just show his praise to God, and this is so interesting. Okay, this is 1 Chronicles 16, right? David quotes Psalm 96 in its entirety. In other words, one of the hymns of the hymn book of Israel, David kind of grabs that hymn out of uh, the Psalms, the the, the hymn book of Israel, and David just sings to the Lord in front of everybody, Psalm 96 is in its entirety, and then right there toward the end, he departs from Psalm 96, watch this, and he reaches over for this oft-repeated phrase and sticks it on the bottom of Psalm 96 just so we will not miss the point this morning about thanksgiving. After Psalm 96, he puts this on the bottom of the text, or at the end of the song, if you were listening to it, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. 
Now, that verse that I just quoted could have been found in Psalm 105.1, Psalm 106, one, Psalm 107, Psalm 108, Psalm 118 twice, Psalm 136. You see, this is, this is that continuing exhortation of God's people to not forget where our blessings come from and to, and to respond with giving thanks out of our hearts. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And if you, if you spend a little time to carefully look at Psalm 105.6, all the Psalms that I mentioned, and, and kind of to find out what that exhortation to praise is responding to, you would, and I have carefully looked at that this week, you would find out that wonder of wonders, it kind of flows right out of the two things that are mentioned in our text. God's goodness, we thank Him for, and God's love. God's goodness and His love. And I want to look at those two things this morning as we kind of move into a a mindset of thanksgiving individually and as a corporate people, as a church. First is God's goodness. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. God is good. Thanksgiving is acting out on certain things. And I want to ask you just the question, do you realize the goodness of God in your life? I bet you don't, if you're anything like me. I bet we sometimes get used to His goodness and don't realize it quite as well as we, we could and probably should. So what does it mean that God is good? It does not mean in this context that the opposite of bad. So goodness here isn't like just perfection. It isn't like morally perfect. That's more like holiness, right? Goodness here has to do with the fact that God is generous and that he thoroughly provides all that is needed and more that is needed and and he never is exhausted in his desire to give or his ability to give. And furthermore, God is good to everything that he has made. Psalm 145.9, the Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made made god gives us sun air wind food drink shade shelter all of these things and you know what all of these things have meaning and do you know why all of these things have meaning because they come from god the master artist the master poet who has spoken them beautifully into existence. God, the master artist, the master poet, has said, this, let there be light. Let there be the land. Let there be the water. And yes, creation continues to roll as new people are born, as, as a fault line shift, and all things, these things kind of happen, you see, but it, but it is all something purposeful and meaningful and beautiful, and it's all for you. It's all for the birds, we're going to find out later. It's all for the the lilies of the field, we're going to find out later as well. God sang, if you will, His provision. And He is still singing it over your life. And if we just stopped to listen, we would say, this is incredible. 
God is so good. Psalm 136 was one of those many places. I want to just kind of dip into a couple of those places to give you an example. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. It says that, of course, in Psalm 136 as well. And it goes on in verse 4 to say this. Give thanks to Him alone who does great wonders for His steadfast love endures forever. To Him who by understanding made the heavens for His steadfast love endures forever. Get ready, it's, it's one of those repeats, okay? In fact, when I, when I, I'll tell you what, when I, when I do this, y'all say, how about what, instead of hearing me, y'all say, for His steadfast love endures forever, okay? So I'll keep going. To Him who spread out the, uh, uh, spread out the earth above the waters... For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights. Who made the sun to rule over the day. The moon and the stars to rule over the night. It is he who remembered us in our low estate. And he rescued us from all our foes. He who gives food to all flesh. One more. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for His steadfast love endures forever. You and I woke up this morning into a world of God's goodness and gifts, just ready to be unwrapped by people who see Him as good and and see the manifold gifts of the master artist and poet who is singing beauty and provision, who is the fountain, unquenched fountain of all goodness forever. There is beauty, order, and purpose all around us. There is produce and water and the warmth of the sun. There are other humans to love and to be loved by. Do you see it? Do you see it? It's important to see. This is not simply brute randomness. This isn't just monochrome, molecule, molecular stuff. It is molecular, but it doesn't end with just simply being molecular and wherever it might lead for no particular purpose and certainly no inherent meaning. No, this is beauty as well as bread. This is explosion of colors. This is symphony of sound, this is God's goodness. And when you choose to see it, your mind will come alive and you will come alive to colors, the textures, the layers and layers of tastes and smells and sounds. And when you see God's goodness in this way, you will want to respond. You'll want to answer it. And the way you start is by giving thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord because He is good. But so often we don't. We don't. And there's lots of reasons why we don't. I I know that we're fallen and we're sinful. That's the main reason. But you know, think about it. Today we are a part of this sense of entitlement generation. More than... Ever before do we expect things in our lives that even people before us couldn't quite have the regularity of expectation 
of what they these things might be and, and continue to be in our lives. And we get so used to the technicolor and the surround sound and the smorgasbord of God's provision every day. We just kind of start feeling that God owes it to us. This is the way life is. Just because it is, and we are us, and we are owed life to continue the way it is. Guess what? He doesn't owe it to us. No, he's just good. He's good just the same, you see. I want to read to you something from my uh, 6.30 a.m. Friday men's Bible study three weeks ago. A teacher named Johnny Woodrow, and, and I just want to quote what he said, We walk easily past a bird eating a seed or a worm or a lily popping up. He's about to go to, to Luke chapter 12 about Jesus, about you see the birds that God takes care of them and, and how God clothes the lilies. We walk by the, the birds and, and we just don't even see that God is feeding them. We walk by the lilies, we don't see this. But Jesus, he says, sees the world differently. In Luke 12, 22 through 34, Jesus sees his father, these are Mr. Woodrow's words, he sees his father feeding the birds and clothing the grass. Jesus, the Son of God, sees this. He sees a world with the lid blown off and God's provision everywhere. This is not a flat world simply of accidents and happenings. This is a fathered world. This is my Father's world of rocks and trees and skies and seas. Do you get that? This is a fathered world. And when we see it through the eyes of Jesus, when we know the Father through Jesus and through the Gospel, the world appears as a place where everything that happens and everything we experience and everything we have and enjoy is given to us, not owed to us. You know, this encourages us when we see it. Because though, the what is it, though the, the, the wrong is off so strong, God is the ruler yet. Why do we know that? Because the great poet, the great artist is still singing in full symphonic beauty and glory and grandeur and the heavens are still declaring the glories of God, you see. And so these nagging little narratives in your life that you worry about and these troubling truths that challenge you and things that you don't like to see, if you can see His goodness, it will make a difference because you will see His Godness and His kingship. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His loving kindness endures forever. So God's goodness. That's, we'll start there with thanksgiving, okay? But it's not just, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. There's that second part, isn't there? For His steadfast love endures forever for you. Steadfast love endures forever. God's goodness is, is more than His provision. It, it is really about the primary thing, and that is a relationship with God. And what we find is that God's goodness is tied to, it's kind of bound up in 1 Chronicles 16, 34, and all the other places that it's quoted for that matter. 
it's kind of it's kind of bound up with with this this kind of promise keeping never quitting loyal love for his people now i'm being very detailed about how i say that he keeps his promises he never quits and he is loyal um, the word there in Hebrew is for steadfast love is the Hebrew word chesed. We would spell it in English H-E-S-E-D. This is for his chesed love endures forever. And chesed love is God's covenant love that he gives by his choice and he will always give because he's promised and he will never take it back. And once God has laid his Love on you once he has taken you into his relationship to be his child. He will never leave you, never forsake you. No, he will bring it every day. Not just the colors, not just the sounds, not just the provision. He will bring the embrace. He will bring the provision spiritually. He will bring the sense of assurance that he will not only love you now, but he will lead you because he will always be there and he will always be God. God over all in creation and His goodness. God to you in His chesed love. Isn't that beautiful? Wow! Just as the sun is always there in the morning, so His covenant love is always there with His children. It's Give thanks to the Lord for His good, for His chesed, His, his love, covenant love, what does it say in the text? Endures forever. Never ends. God puts it this way through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 54.10. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed. But my steadfast love, my chesed love shall never depart from you. And my covenant of peace with you shall never be removed, says the Lord Yahweh who has compassion on you. So, yeah, the sun will be up tomorrow morning, and God the Son will be there for you tomorrow morning. Let me tell you something. That relationship, that chesed love, will outlast the sun. And one day there will be no sun, and God will be the sun in a new Jerusalem, but His chesed love will still be there. And the mountains may depart, and the seas may, may recede and vanish, but God's love endures forever. Now I want to visit one other place where in these passages that kind of shows you this, and it is First Chronicles 16. So it's, a, it's really a part of Psalm 96. Remember David, in response to the ark coming back, quotes Psalm 96, and then he tags this, uh, this, this wonderful sentence of exhortation for thanksgiving. I want you to listen for the loyal love. In this text, this is First Chronicles 16, 14 through 17. It's three verses. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he has made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he has confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant. And then he puts on the bottom of that, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good, and his steadfast covenant love endures forever. Now this is not mysterious. 
God has not kept His covenant love a secret. God opened the sea to show His covenant love. God provided manna in the wilderness where there was no food simply as an indication of His personal and loyal love. God was with them in the conquest of the land and went before them. Why? Because He loved them. And His love is loyal. And He not only loves you now, but He wants to lead you with His love. He knows where He's going. You can trust in it. And we need to respond to this. We need to answer this kind of loyal love. God has kept loving with loyal love no matter what. And if you've read the Old Testament, that required a lot of loyalty. Because they're always turning away from Him. He never turns away from them. He may chasten them. He may correct them. But even that is in love. And He never turns away from them. Yes, the promise of God is for relationship with sinners who don't deserve it, like me, like you. I mean, just the sentence, God promised me? How ridiculous is that? How did you get God, as a sinner, how did you get God to promise you? Answer, you didn't. He wanted to. It's called grace. It's called mercy. It's called an other-centered love. It is called, with one word, all of this, chesed. A choice that God has made to set His affection on me and you as sinners. And it is all about this promise. And it is all about a Savior. It is all about how lambs and goats and bulls would be sacrificed in the Old Testament. Picturing how this promise would come true. And it is finally all about a virgin in Nazareth whom the angel Gabriel will come to and say, you are the chosen one and within you will be the Messiah. This by the Holy Ghost. This, the one that was promised to come. This, the one called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You know, the one monument to his chesed, loyal love, is the cross. I mean, if you, want to, if you want to know whether God is loyal, there's no better place to go to. And there's all kinds of places to go to. There's no better place to go to than the cross where Jesus, the Messiah, died for us in order to give us new life with God. You see, this isn't like the other religions. Now, that's all about your loyalty to the deity. That's all about how you relentlessly pursue maybe getting that deity to kind of like you one day and maybe like you a little bit more the next day and maybe, maybe somehow get in good with Him, get close to Him and maybe go to heaven or something, whatever that means in that particular worldview. No. Here, God pursues because God promised. God sacrificed god shows his loyalty to us on the cross i want to tell you something some of you are wondering and william i appreciated your prayer so much 
is God there? Does God love me? Does, does God, has God got this thing called my life? Psalm 1634 says, look outside. See the beauty and the wonder of the goodness of God. But you know what? Psalm 1634 says, look at God's track record of loyalty in his love. Look at the cross. Yes, he is there. He's there like if that were the oak tree before it were the the podium, it would sound just like this. We have a spirituality that's real. It's not everything's imaginary. It's not just, you know, some thought about what might be in the way of wisdom and all this other stuff. It's real. And yes, God spoke it because he's real and he spoke something real into this world. And we get to live and we get to eat the bread and we get to drink the wine and and we get to know the people, you see. We get to feel the sun and the shade because it is real, because He is real, but even more so. You want to know whether He loves you, you need to go back to the cross and you need to behold a bleeding Savior on the cross. When you see that Jesus is bleeding, the Son of God, the Messiah is bleeding, you will know that you can trust Him. You know why? Because He's bleeding for you if you put your trust in Him. That's different. You can trust a hemorrhaging Savior. And when you know that, And you get that. Or you get that again because you've needed to get it again. And don't we all need to kind of get it again? Like every day? Then you know God is there. And you know God loves you. Because He's got the scars to prove it. And He is risen. And He is at the right hand of God. He has given His love and affection to whom He chooses, those who put their trust in Him, and you can trust Him. Sinners come into the arms, into relationship, under the leadership of Almighty God who is both good and loyal in His love. Sinners come through Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that all those bulls and goats prefigured. And finally, once and for all, Jesus did so that God remains holy And he's able to love sinners at the same time. Why? Because he punished every one of our sins on Jesus for us. That's how the covenant turns. That's how the covenant is real, finally. And you know you're his child. And if you know this, you know it's going to be all right. You just know. And you know he's never going to let you go. And he's going to lead you. And if you know it this morning, maybe you just awaken to it. Maybe you just awaken to the goodness of God. You kind of already had this part. Maybe you didn't have the other. I don't know. Maybe you awakened to both and you went, oh my, this is amazing. You must answer it. And we start with thanksgiving. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For He is good. His hesed love endures forever. 
So, let's finish up here this morning. In the midst of the sense of entitlement generation, that would be us. I mean, all generations are like that, but I'm picking on ours a little bit more because we seem to expect maybe a little bit more than creature comforts and that type of thing than maybe generations past. But in the midst of the sense of entitlement generation, Thanksgiving in the midst of the entitlement generation is revolutionary because it is the denial a denial of our power. Our power to choose, our power to affect, our power to drive the whole thing and make it all work. Thanksgiving is an utter denial of that. It is to say, I see it. It is God. It is His goodness. It is His love. Thank you, God. I want to quote Johnny Woodrow again from that Bible study. Thanksgiving declares that there is more to this world than you know. Thanksgiving is a declaration to the world that even in the midst of pain, that God is king and we live under a different ruler. And his rules are different. His rules are freedom and love that come from him. That ruler is none other than our loyal Savior and our Father. I want to end by telling you a story. When I was a little boy... Uh, my dad was an F-Series fighter pilot and then a, a bomber pilot. And for four years, we lived in Little Rock, Arkansas. My dad flew what's called, you can look it up later on the Internet if you want to, the B-58 Hustler, which was the first supersonic uh, strike bomber uh, in our arsenal. He was a B-58 Hustler pilot, and we were stationed in Little Rock Air Force Base in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, what was great about that is, you know, my dad loved to hunt and fish. And I don't know if you've ever been to Arkansas. There's unbelievable outdoor opportunities in the state. I and mean, there's a lot of them here, too, by the way. That's not a contrast. Um, but there's incredible, because there's mountains in Arkansas, right? And there's swift streams with, like, rainbow trout in Arkansas. So it's a little bit different. And we were all about that. And when I was a little boy, it was not optional to hunt and fish. You did it. And so I remember, and I don't even remember what age, but I know you'll see in a minute, you'll see how small I was. I remember I was a little boy. And I remember vividly we got into our white F-100 Ford pickup truck with a camper on the back and a boat on top of the camper. <laughs> yeah, I like the clampets. And, uh, and we headed up. I don't remember where. But this is what I remember. I remember being beautiful. I remember us being, having a campsite. And I remember the river being right by the campsite. And, uh, you know, we hiked and we fished and we caught the fish and Dad cooked the fish over the camp stove, you know, the whole nine yards. But what I really wanted to do, of course, was to go swimming. But I was too little to swim, particularly in a what, cons what I considered as a child a raging river. <laughs> Probably if I went back now, it would be like, you know. So my dad decided I could go swimming. So he said, okay, go, go put your, your swimming trunks on. So I put my swimming trunks on. And we, we went out to this little place that kind of jutted out over the, the river. And, and so instead of me just jumping into the river and never being seen again, my, my dad had me hold my hands up. So I held my hands up. And he grabbed me very firmly by each hand. And he picked me up. Can you see this? He picked me up and he lowered me into the river. And then he would pull me back up. And this was a game. And he lowered me again. He would pull me back up. And it's interesting that I remember this. 
Because this is what I remember. I remember the beauty and, and the, all that, that was surrounding me. I remember how incredibly cold the water was. I don't remember whether it was refreshing or shocking. I don't remember. But what I do remember is this. I remember my dad holding on to me in this beautiful place and knowing that he would not let me go. You see, it's kind of like Psalm 16:34. Maybe as a child I just kind of had this little moment of something of the beauty and the wonder and the goodness of God. Maybe a little foretaste of the chesed love of God that never lets us go. May I say to you, I have found God my Father to be so much more amazing than my Heavenly Father. Here's where we start. Because look, if you, if you see the goodness, if you see the chesed love, you've got to answer it. You've got to answer it. Here's where we start. You want to say it with me? Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Ready? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let's pray. Lord, help us to see it. Help us to answer it. Because all of it is You. And You are good. Thank You for Your love that's shown to us not only in creation, but especially on the cross. Lord, would you grab people who have wandered away from you because they're no longer quite certain? Would you help us look at our motives? Maybe we've wandered away because we're trying to pull the levers and it's just not working real well. Lord, would you call us back to the realization of both and thanksgiving for both. In Jesus' name, amen.